perfect sync up. Okay. Perfect sync up. Um, a lot better synced up than. Oh man, I was gonna make a sleep cycle joke, but it kind of didn't really manifest in my head fast enough. <laughs> we we you, we got like right into the show there before you could th- uh, before you could finish that thought. Oh yeah, I know. Um, for those who don't know, Sid has been binge watching Game of Thrones quite often, and that seems to have fucked up his sleep schedule quite severely. Uh, I would say I would say to a delicate amount. Like I was coming, like yeah, okay, severely is good enough. I'm not sleeping at all at nights anymore, but it's coming off naturally from my work schedule. So it's more like I have uh, I have a good thing to do now when I can't sleep, which is watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, true, true. Finish a couple seasons. Tell everyone. In, in, in like a one two day, you yeah. know. Yeah, I was I was there at one point in high school, fucking just ripping seven to nine episodes in a day of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, and I was just having this conversation with a buddy of mine that was like, you know, how my friend Jonas was asking me like, how many movies at most do you think you could watch in a day, or like how many movies have I watched? And I think like the most movies I've watched is like three, like off fondest memory, like it could be like I've seen all the the Bond trilogy in a day, obviously Star Wars. I don't think I've gone past the trilogy type of thing, you know? When it comes to TV shows, especially, like, long-form shows like Game of Thrones, I don't. people don't have a problem, like, I don't have a problem going past, like, seven, eight episodes a season, you know? That's, can't even put into, like, hours how much that is, but, yeah, there's, like, there's something there about that, you know? I think it has to do with, like, maybe there's some inert, now, this is just me being the scientist. Some inert biological thing in our heads to where we're such a species that evolved around um, storytelling and communication as a means to sort of surpass the rest of the species on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, that going through the cycle of watching like a full narrative is what's really tiring versus the time it actually takes to consume it mm, so you, because our brains are processing it. Yeah. So you're saying. So what I'm saying is when you're consuming a full trilogy, yeah. that's a full story arc versus a full season, which is also a full story arc. Sure. Technically. I was so, I was thinking along the lines like our attention spans are getting like shorter. We're getting I, that combined with we're like thirstier for completed arcs or like kind of satisfying stories within a short amount of time, and like shows are kind of giving us that now within like an hour. We get a pretty like, you know, you're talking about an arc spanning through um through a season, which is super evident in shows like Game of Thrones. But like even in an episode, the structuring of like long form, many long form series is just like on par, but like very different from movies now. You know, like people are their awareness is attuned to to the to the shortness of a show and the expected like uh, expected like thirst for more after that, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's like an attention span thing where evolution now wants us to consume stories like that. But that's a good point. Good point about evolution there. Anyways, welcome everyone to Mythic Morons. Monumental episode 39, I believe. Getting up there. Yeah. Season one. We're still in season one. When do we call season two a thing? Is there, is there going to be a know. season two? Yeah. I like, I was like, thinking maybe... the same thing. Are we doing like the Joe Rogan, like just run down the numbers? Like. Season two is when our Spotify deal comes in. Oh, there it is. That's that's lofty expectations. Spotify or Apple? Like, come on, let's be real. We, we can we can pitch to Apple about this show. We could. We could. Yeah. I, I was thinking actually, like the year anniversary 
like that's mm. when we start season two good point whenever that is yeah i forget the uh which would be like the second year anniversary of covid aligns up pretty well yeah it does around that time yeah. oh i don't know if you saw um oh was it this morning i think it was this morning um there was this i forget the name of the company pfizer pfizer made the one vaccine yeah and the first person got it today in yeah Britain. like a 91 year old old lady right i know something so like that's that. so weird yeah wow it, it's like how, hearing like, that news is like hearing like an astronaut made it to space or like a chimp made it to space is like one of those kind of it feels like one of those moments and um <laughs> seeing yeah because i remember like a year ago yeah this was when i was like like even like yeah end of november i started reading up on covid i knew it was like in china like november time um so like to to think like 365 days later i'm now hearing about the first vaccination for this particular virus that kind of threw the whole world into a crazy spiral it's like wow isn't it kind of quick like on on the scale of a pandemic to get a virus like within 365 days you know like they yeah that's a quick ass Um, time from what they were what they were saying this stuff usually takes for one of the biology seminars that i attended for that i have to attend for in my master's course at school they brought in an immunologist from the university of toronto and she sort of explained like the time hold frame up, it hold takes hold up cheney one second sorry one second mom i'm recording my podcast right now okay can you put it in the fridge jesus christ did you leave a beer out <laughs> i left the mcflurry out my mom's <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yo, put that shit in the fridge. Like, fuck. God damn. It's not the greatest look. Uh, yeah, okay. Hold on. Cut from there. Let's let's start it back up. Or we can leave in the whole McFlurry fiasco. Like, that's fine, too. That's fine, too. I yeah. think it shows your personality. Yeah, well, um, I live at home now, guys. So that, I mean, now, now you guys know that. Like, I live at home. I, I mean, I put it on Instagram. Sorry, my phone's even on. What a mess. I am a mess today. This is a... This is great. Yeah. Great start to the past episode. couple days has been fantastic. I know. I Yeah, we were planning to record this yesterday. I fell asleep minutes before we recorded. So just a quick intro into like the last couple hours into my life. And, and now I'm getting yelled at my mom for leaving McFlurry's out. Um, so what were we talking about before that happened? Uh, an immunologist yes. came to do a, from the University of Toronto, came to do a, a seminar. And she sort of explained the time frame and how it takes years at this point um, to develop a vaccine. Like they, they're on top of these viruses years in ahead. Um, to, to try to like tackle them when they come, you know, to be. And they, she explained like, we will probably wouldn't have had a vaccine until about August. So the fact that they're doing it in January is massive. Do you think um, they're rushing it then? Like, I have a feeling like this, this all seems rushed. You know, what are we trying to break Guinness world records here about vaccine uh, release dates? Like, what is this? I'm not an expert on vaccines. I know, but, but you're the closest um, guy we got to a smart guy <laughs> on this podcast, or at least a man knowing scientific stuff. See, look how at least <laughs> I know 90% effective is decent. Like vaccines right. are 100%. I mean, safe, yeah. Sure. So they're like my dad, the conspiracy theorist that he is. I mean, he's not, but like you know how it is being locked up in the house nowadays. Like we're getting into those kind of uh, conspiracies. He's the things. uncle that you want to sit to sit across the table from at family. Yeah, it's, it's good and bad for both reasons, and it's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun getting it's deep diving into those with conversations. But my dad brought up a good point. Like, okay, we're rushing to get it out now, which is good. You know, this ninety-one-year-old lady who's going to get it. Good for her. 
but like what's the game plan on this is this going to be like the flu shot like once a year we gotta re-up on this thing we gotta like you know what's kind of um the longevity of it or their symptoms i think you need two that's what they're so saying Canada has like a yeah. back order for about two per citizen. So we're getting close to 80 million or so vaccinations mm-hmm. or yeah, vaccine doses. And the God only bless Canada. Issue Let is, me just throw that in there. God bless Canada. Well, kind of. Um, the only issue is, is that we sort of have less infrastructure with regards to vaccine distribution as compared to other countries. Right. Like so, the states are using their military and Canada doesn't have much of that to, to send around, I guess. No, it's um. so while we are getting the vaccine, I think we're like one of the first 10 countries to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, our distribution is actually going to be slower than a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. So um, the rollout's going to be a little bit longer. So all the ones that are coming in January, because we are getting some in January, first couple of weeks of January, they're all going to frontline workers first, so like nurses, teachers, all those. Yeah, as um, it should. I so think, you, they, like, get it, get it yeah. to the people that need it the most. You know, I'm in no rush to get it. But, like, and, and that's how it should be. It, it shouldn't be the mass kind of uh, distribution as it's like, fuck, we got a cure for something. Like, no, like, give it, 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 it it's a small rate of people who are infected compared to the general population, get it to them yeah, and then get it next to the people who are most likely to get it next, you know, and then stock the yeah. hospital. So you can't expect like general public to get it until the summer. Or right. So, so um, that being, since we won't really be going outside too much since the summer, I think I should bring it back to TV shows and movies. Right. Um, we have plenty of time to watch TV shows and movies. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I mean, like, kind of connecting back to that, like, I'm just missing movie theaters, man. Like, oh hearing God, you yes. say, hearing you say that, like, back, or, like, till September, like, when when does it get back to normal when it comes to entertain, getting entertained, you know? Or just, like, like being able to see people going out to dinners, like, clubs, like, just That's, the thing um, where the general public can live again, you know? Movies for for, for like restaurants and clubs. I think things will go back to normal by the end of the year. Maybe that's been on and off. We'll I guess to, like where yeah. we live, it's been on and off for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it's um, so weird how they're doing that. Like ten minutes to my left or right, it's the whole city is on lockdown. You know, Toronto's on lockdown. Oh really? And then yeah, completely. And all the clubs, all the bars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto is completely closed. That's just twenty minutes down. You know, down the highway, and for Pickering, like which is. uh in a red state is what they're calling it. Uh, everything else is like it, it, cautious, but open for the most part. So, you know, it's not like, what is it yeah. stopping really? What's it stopping a guy who wants to get a couple of drinks at a bar in Toronto, you know, from, from just going to a different town. I don't know. Nothing really, but yeah. um, that's enough politics. Those are the bad politics of Ontario, but yeah, like movies is, is taking a hit and especially theaters is like what I feel bad for. Like not just the corporation, like, the cineplexes even though of course they're like you know they're getting no business right now but the idea of a movie theater existing past next year did you like i'm wondering if you heard about the uh the new hbo announcement warner brothers HBO oh yeah i know it's it's crazy to me that i'm not going to be able to see godzilla versus kong in theaters yeah oh that's exactly or or this year yeah like like maybe eventually they'll release in theaters i mean and you think like a, a movie like godzilla that's like not appropriate to watch on a on a small screen on a small screen. 
No, I need to watch it in IMAX. I've watched the last two in IMAX. There I need go. to watch it in IMAX. I need to. I'm sure many would um, agree with you. <laughs> you know, like yeah, obviously, it's 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 crazy to think. It's crazy to um, think, yeah, that a movie like Godzilla is going to be a streaming exclusive potentially. I mean, they're saying no, right not now. Potentially, they no, they're saying right now, like that's what it is. Here, here's the murky waters. Here's what here's the murky waters because the U.S. is pretty bad right now in a bad state. So they're saying pretty certain things about there, but like. Canada's not looking as bad. The rest of the world, there's, you know, there's spots where they haven't made their decisions for certain. So I know as like where we're standing, we still have a chance to see like Dune. We have a chance to see um, uh, like not Wonder Woman. No, yeah, Wonder Woman even, I think. Like a lot of these movies, I think will still come on a small scale to Canadian theaters. But it's disappointing to think that people will option to watch it on streaming instead you know, as a general audience. I think the general, yeah, that's the thing. I, I really do think theaters as an experience are going to go by the wayside because of this. Um, they're going to become more of a niche thing, like a niche market. So big chain movie theaters might not exist to the extent in which they do anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know the, the smaller theaters and the smaller businesses are the ones that are mostly being affected by this Um this pandemic but i do think things like well princess cinema and, and waterloo is like i do think that'll stick around because it's 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 a landmark of waterloo really like it's 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 existed for so long here and, and people will go just because it's it's a staple know, it's, it's, it's a, a really, staple of the uptown a, yeah. of, the, of the community for sure that was the yeah. favorite thing about my or sorry my favorite thing about um like waterloo like it wasn't the 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 clubs like those were all nice and everything that's what most people would think like the city is known for the university experience all that but like for me getting to like explore that uptown and find the two princess cinemas literally across the street from each other and think like wow like that's pretty awesome like i've never i never had been to one of those kind of independent chains and where that played like you know indies things that weren't playing at a at a big theater you know um and that, so that was kind of my introduction to the whole thing and I don't know if you even heard about how they were trying to shut that down, shut down the princess, uh, like two no, years, about two years ago, they were trying, yeah, there was like an, an announcement. They were trying to get a, a VR, take that in a VR arcade opened up where the original princess was. And like, I've I read about that on Facebook. I sent an email to the, um, like the owners of the place. I was like, please don't do that. Like, I don't think one person will go to a VR arcade. I know a lot of people, they'll be upset if you take away the cedar, you know? And yeah, yeah, it's like my th- one of my favorite theater experiences was watching The Room in Princess. Oh, fuck. It, I missed that one. It's yeah. like it's it's like the most immersive theater experience I've ever had in my entire life. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know if people know, but like The Room is that the so bad it's good king, like the staple of the of the genre of, of the community that surrounds like movies that are so bad they're good. Um and you got and like it. With, you got it with the OG, like the guys that created it were there. You got like the full tour of the movie. Oh yeah. Um. So like, I got to. We got to like do all the interactive stuff. So like, I got the whole rundown beforehand of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to bring laser pointers. You're supposed to bring plastic spoons. You're supposed to bring a football. There's certain parts within the movie that you got to get up and run around. It's like this exists and like. Um, the fact that, you know, something that was probably one of my most memorable experiences throughout my time at university mm-hmm. was at risk or is still at risk because of the pandemic is pretty sad. So I'm hoping 
that once things open up a little more around here again, that I can actually sneak out and go to a movie. Like yeah. I, I miss it. Yeah. Well said. Like that's we're at risk of throwing fucking footballs at, at the movies, man. Like, even though I think that's a, a very unique movie experience with the room. Oh yeah, it is. That's like um, a singular, like, but there you go. Like that's what the, that's what we're at risk of losing, man. But so even though we have a smaller audience, I do encourage people to get out and either if find their local theater yeah. or you know, or try to support it at some point when possible. Yeah, obviously. when it's safe, like yeah, don't don't let those things go. Like you know, vinyls making a comeback. I think movies still have a shot at. I don't I don't think it'll ever like fade in the theater sense, but yeah, the independence will uh they'll live on. I have a faith in that. But you, Chris Nolan, man, he trashed the fuck out of. HBO for for that for that call. That's his like. Oh, he did. I didn't even see that. <clears throat> oh yeah, like he. I don't know where. Like I don't think he has Twitter. I don't think he mad tweeted it. But like I was reading online, he uh just got into a big old rant where he was trashing the decision Warner Brothers made to put their entire film lineup on uh on on HBO Max essentially, and basically just reiterating kind of what we're saying, kind of like his points about it which are are well known just the the idea that you know these companies are now like you know hollywood's had a history of like how integrated the the studios get within the you know like production to distribution level of filmmaking to the point where like you know laws had to be made to separate how far a studio was like involved with the distribution that's why you don't see Warner Brothers movie theaters or, or Disney movie theaters unless you're at like a Disney World or something. And like that's to give shot to like independent theaters, independent businesses. You know, it's not a monopoly in that way. But with things like this and like what we're talking about, that's kind of the direction it's potentially heading back in. When you th- see things like Disney Plus just killing it, like Netflix obviously is doing its thing. But yeah, Chris Nolan's not too happy. So I would just like, it's, it's a pretty interesting kind of article to find or like a statement to read because all of like Chris Nolan's big movies are made through uh, Warner Brothers. So I'm sure they're not too happy about it. I'm wondering, is that is that a good or bad thing for his, his next movie? You know, who knows? I don't know how many more like cinema or cinema files or, or cinema romance romanticists is that is that their yeah i think i that's think the right so. cinephiles romantic cinephiles cinema romanticists um romanticizing about cinemas and i and i do think theaters are quite romantic in, in a in a weird sense not not in like the i want to date the theater it's like it's a it's a classical sort of innate human experience that we should kind of keep up and i don't know how many of them or people who believe that are still within the higher ups of the studios. So like maybe you still have the Chris Nolans, but how many people do you actually have right. within the higher ups? Like the that ones are that are pushing the calls. That? The ones yeah. that can actually make it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Well, if our hands are in those guys and those guys listen to, listen to money pretty much. And, you know, I always say like protest with your money people. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of like canceling, my uh like see i'm saying this now and then i'm realizing that's next to an impossibility at this point i was just gonna say i'm thinking about canceling my uh my crave account which is you know just one of many of the streamings that i'm paying for 
and and it adds up you know i'm not saying that to flex i'm saying that because i'm a university student on the verge of like finishing university which means no job no potential you know no potential money to be made through osap or anything like that so i had to think you know budget myself carefully here and now i'm getting addicted to this drug called game of thrones which is not a, a helpful way in on that decision so these streaming guys is that why you're rushing to finish it I, yeah, I wasn't consciously rushing for that reason, but yeah, like even when I do finish it, I'm just thinking like now there's Westworld, True Detective, like what once you're True. in that HBO, once you're in that HBO, like uh, that dealer gets you, man, that it's not good. Well, speaking of streaming services, and uh, we got a show here on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. Shit, I did hear about that one. That one new show, um, they, yeah, that one new they, show. They just what did the, they just did that thing in that episode that came out. Yeah, that thing in the episode in season two of that new show. Yeah, yeah, it's not that popular. Uh, it's not that no, it's not that uh, innovative in filmography, you know, or filmmaking. No, it, no, it's um, it's pretty much filmed on a green screen the whole time. Like what, Cheney? You hype it too much. Yeah, come on. I know, not <laughs> even like that impressive practical effects. Like, is this is this even Star Wars? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, Season two, like, episode six, <laughs> chapter fourteen. Oh, the tragedy, the and, tragedy, and yeah, full fucking spoilers ahead. Um, just so you know, yeah, we're um, getting right into it because there's no point on being vague on who's in this episode and what's going on. Um, when it says the tragedy, I'm not. I I, I know what it's referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, that being again, spoilers: the kidnapping of Baby Yoda, or sorry, Grogu. Um, see, even you can't get past saying baby no well, yeah because i've and been we, saying it for like a well, year sh- well there it, you go i'm What's, trying my best yeah <laughs> to be fair to be fair it's it's gonna be hard to uh get it over that iconicness of baby yoda but keep on grogu um the kidnapping of grogu that's the tragedy they're referring to the real fucking tragedy in this episode though i would argue is the death of one of my favorite ships in star wars and it wasn't even around for that long yeah. Like, what the fuck? The Razor Crest. What, what? Yeah, man. I wanted that Lego set. <laughs> yeah, man. Good timing because that Lego set just came out. Look at look at Disney. I know. Worth their magic. As soon as. as soon oh, my as, God. Dude, it's a conspiracy. It's not much of a conspiracy. It's it's right there, bro. <laughs> it's not. This isn't 9 11. This, is this is a fact. They, they destroyed the ship and now they're selling the ship for you to buy. Because now oh, you are thinking about it and we're it. talking about it and we're talking to our dozen plus fans that are weekly listeners on the show and they're they're thinking at home now too do we buy this lego set he's talking oh about it God. i watched it it just got destroyed i might never see it again it's a, it's a oh crazy no, thing man because now i'm thinking about it are we ever gonna see it again it's fucking dude the shit. price tripled yeah i bet i was looking i was looking at it like last week and it was like 120 dollars. yeah now it's 400 well, you got to remember, it's Christmas times coming up too. We're in a lockdown. Like every major metropolitan city got mobbed the day they announced the lockdown. And I'm sure a big percentage of that was for the Razor Crest Lego deal, you know? So if you got that, like kudos to you, man. Like that's, that's a, I like, I'm an adult saying, okay, I shouldn't even be saying I'm an adult like that. Like I am legally called an adult. Okay. And I can say, I want that. I want to put that like mounted up on a, on a on a on like a string and just have it hover. I knew I should have fucking bought it. I knew I should have fucking bought it. Yeah, that oh, Cheney, if you get me talking about Legos, man. 
we'll get into it but the what do you think that's gonna mean like this i thought that was a really weird timing for the razor crest to blow up you know we we just saw it get badly like damaged badly like fucked up and i thought okay like that was the moment where we had the close call with the ship but like now he literally has no ship like that's his stallion that's the you know the cowboy's horse essentially my theory is that because uh current disney star wars likes to sort of cash in on nostalgia more so than create new content which has sort of been the opposite of this show sort of they've kind of gone back and forth on that um but i think slave one um boba ship is now going to be used for mando i don't think boba fett's going to give the slave one to mando though you know what i'm saying Mm, yeah who says boba's going to give it Mm. i also Mm. think boba fett might die by the end of the season Mm. we're already into the speculation part of the show quick episode yeah no 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 no. okay let's not do <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait we'll wait to get into full speculation because i have thoughts too about like boba's presence but you know i real quick like the director of this episode like i always get giddy by the time the episode ends because the reveal of the director is like also for me a part of the show it's like finding out you know who like a character is or something and um yeah it's a pretty big revelation to find out robert rodriguez you know just an just like a classic director I think is sometimes underappreciated as like in the likes of like, you know, a Tarantino who makes just really fun movies. Like I, I consider him like the Tarantino for kids a lot of, in a weird way, even though he makes movies like machete and like uh sin city and stuff like that. But the spy kid trilogy was just huge for me like that. And he came into this show on a late call. He said he wasn't, uh you know, originally hired to direct this episode and with a 19 page script he said like this it was barely a script that he was working with so he packed it with action he said you know um and it shows like it like i could i could tell while watching this episode it's kind it's structurally different from the other any other episode kind of in this season um it doesn't kind of have the the whole plot line of uh going to a new planet into a new town doing a job to progress a plot story anywhere further it's different in that way and how he he he's it almost like coming to the end of the line for him or for what we think is going to happen and yeah i don't know there there were things that also disappointed me about this episode but i'll ask you what what were some of the things that you liked that like kind of stood out to you other than boba fett being fucking badass well obviously the action the action was really good in this episode um it it it's interesting though because like when i start to piece together all the episodes and you sort of pointing out that this one is very narratively different than everything that we've gotten so far this entire season um it's it's kind of crazy that this kind of feels like a not a misplaced episode but it just feels like it was an episode used as an action scene if you look at like the entire season as a movie this is the big action scene right before the the climax yeah um interesting it's like yeah like you said like he doesn't walk into town or anything he's and like i was wrong again fucking imagine that um we actually went to tython right away Mm -hmm. and i did not oh yeah we were saying he might he might stop in mechanic again yeah yeah i did not expect that um i i thought something was gonna 
be brought up or, right. or something was going to come up that would stop him from doing so. But no, right to Tython. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Like this is really, it was really fast paced compared to everything else. And it was really short. Like it was a really short episode. Like when you actually go through all the content and like. Um, yeah, I think it was because in that way it was the pacing that was kind of relentless. Like it was uh, nonstop like action, I guess, as soon as you land on the planet or, or not necessarily action, but um, uh, like a stake, I guess, was established with, you know, the child having to be uh, the child's trying to first trying to start meditating. And then once he started meditating, the whole uh, dynamic between the Mando trying to get him out of that meditative state um when he once he connected with the greater like the force in that temple or whatever so yeah there was i guess just a high stake right like throughout throughout the episode and that just kind of built on each other and that's a really like interesting point if you do look at this episode as a entire or not this episode the season as a movie it it it's exactly structured in that way where this would be considered the loss that the characters face in the sense that they lose the child you know we're not gonna we're not gonna see the Mando lose one-on-one in a gunfight to anybody, I guess, like, you know, who knows, but this was a way to show uh, an immense loss that the characters must deal with. So, and, and, you know, just in the sense that the season's about to end at soon, like this is leading to a conclusion that I'm now even more uh, like shaky about, like just uncertain about of what's going to, what's going to come next. I'm not entirely uncertain. I kind of, well, again, like I've been wrong about everything, but like everything's sort of falling into place now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like the pacing of this episode was like as soon as you landed, oh, there's Boba. And then as soon as you meet Boba, oh, there's a fucking gun standoff. Yeah. Oh, as soon as the gun standoffs resolve, oh, the Empire's landing. Yeah. Oh, the Empire's landing. Oh, the Razor Crest just fucking blew up. Oh, the fucking... Uh, now the, the, the stormtroopers get reinforcements, yeah. and and the child starts meditating. And Mando can't get to him, and it's this big gunfight. And oh shit, there's the dark troopers, and a lot of uh, climbing up hills, a lot of climbing up hills. Like just even the location just added to that relentlessness. You know, that's another Speaking thing. Of location. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. Um, at first, I was pretty disappointed by Tython. Um, g- compared to like the lore that surrounds the planet in like the extended universe but the more i think about it the more this is like kind of appropriate like of course if we're from mando's perspective this planet really means nothing to him because he has no idea of the force he has no idea the significance of this place so Mm -hmm. he kind of just sees it as a passerby planet which is kind of the way it's presented Mm -hmm. um i don't think that's intentional though i just think that's my own headcanon i think uh i think the main focus of this episode was action and yeah so um for this planet to be like not this like mystical place it's it it's sort of disappointing but when i realize like oh what the jedi really are and what they really stand for this place is just peaceful it seems which is kind of fitting to me i don't know about you i i agree with you pretty much like for the most part and i think like when we initially talked about it like over the phone just after the episode aired I was initially disappointed because, like you mentioned, there's a rich history to Tython that is, you know, obviously important to the Jedi and to the to the lore of Star Wars. So I'm thinking, yeah, this might have been a wasted opportunity, but you're, like, super right to point out that this is the Mandalorian's perspective on the on Titan, on Tython. So it would be, like, kind of... It would be fan and inappropriate to show, like, overtly Jedi things or, like, him coming across, like, you know... Like, I don't know what, but 
that would have been, I guess, just fan service. That would have been for me, not for the story necessarily. Then another thing I thought of just more realistically is that planets are fucking huge in reality. And he just landed on one part of that planet. So who's to say there aren't cool shit going on elsewhere in this world? You know, like, I, I guess like what not disappointed me, but just in a realistic way, it seemed like the location was just overly simple. It was just like it seemed the back the back lot of a studio in California or like the desert. You know, it's just like another desert kind of thing. But they utilized it well, I guess, with the whole aspect of like it's the Jedi Temple that's in nature. It's not an enclosed building. It has like those spires that are reminiscent of other, you know, Jedi Temples like on Coruscant and stuff like that. So I, I got the vibe of what they're doing, but it seemed at the moment while watching it like, hmm. It's a bit, it's a bit simple, you know. This is like the first live action thing we've seen of the Jedi's home planet. Um, it, so yeah, I, well, I, I guess we got, I guess like, we got episode in episode seven and eight, the quote unquote first Jedi temple with where Luke was. Uh-huh. That's, uh, I don't know if that's uh, true. See, and um, I was, I was thinking about this just to myself today. Like, why didn't they call that place Titan and build upon that lore? that was already kind of a thread, you know? And and I don't even remember what that planet was called in, in the sequels. Oh, who knows? They had such an extensive plan, Sid. Maybe right. it was just an oversight. No, but I'm being serious. Like, as far as, like, Star Wars planets go, I'm like, so it wasn't Dagobah, like, that Luke was on. Like, I, I literally can't remember. Like, when does that happen where the naming of planets is not iconic? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. It's, uh... Uh, planets sort of became another marketing tool yeah to create new types of stormtroopers and create new types of vehicles that you can sell in sets entirely um so yeah yeah anyways uh slave one the slave one the slave one just came Uh, you can I might have missed out on the Razor Crest Lego set, but you best believe there's another <laughs> Slave One Lego set right down the fucking oh, pipeline. buddy, you're going to get me cranked up on the Legos again, buddy. Let me get into history again about my life. And my first interaction with anything Star Wars was the Slave One Lego set. So, like, I didn't know what the fuck a Darth Vader was. I just knew the Slave One was a cool name, and that was a cool-looking toy that That's I didn't own, because... but my friend owned. You know what I mean? Uh, mine wasn't Slave One, but my first interaction with Star Wars was with Lego. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, for a lot of people in our generation, I think it was, you know, the toys, but especially the Legos. And I yeah. like I was like hooked on it because I looked at like my friends that had it. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. And that that got into the role playing of the story that got me into the overall story itself. But even, you know, the slave one is what I always sought after. And I'm seeing it now fly into the Titan, you know, the view of the Mando and that I lost my shit. Just hearing the very oh, unique sound of the slave one, man. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, oh I didn't know Boba kept it. Like, yeah, but I guess of course he did. But like, like where, where, where was he, where did he park it on on that fateful day in Tatooine? Like that he crawled out of like if we we need a story now about what happened after the Sarlacc pit. Like this guy what crawled out of the pit, like just crawled out of there and went to a ship. He's like, I'm good. I'm gonna try find this armor I, again. Like, yeah, but then why did he stay on Tatooine? Would you say why did he or why didn't he? Yeah, why did he stay on Tatooine if he had this ticket off this fucking? Oh, I guess he was maybe looking for his armor the entire time. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he was like, let me look, let me look for this armor. You know what I'm saying? Well, like how did he fucking lose the armor? Good point. I mean, I 
Yeah, like, right. Was he, like, he, Did he, he go to the separated? fucking Mos Eisley Cantina? Well, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking, right? Like, maybe he got to, maybe he had to like escape from there himself, but then to survive, like he he needed somebody's help. Like maybe the jaw was found him, or, or uh, you know, sand people found him because he's wearing like sand people clothing too, uh, and they healed him up, but they stole his armor or something like that, and they sold his armor, and this has just been his plot to get it back. Like that's the only thing I can think of. I can't think that. For five, like, not five years, but, like, however long, I guess, yeah, like, this show has established, like, between five, six years after Return of the Jedi that he's just been a bounty hunter, you know? And now he's like, I want my ama back. It's like, yeah, you know? Oh, by the way, lore change, I think. Um, before, I don't I don't believe, like, the, the accepted lore was that Jango was a Mandalorian. But I guess right. he is now. Right. Because that he's was... a foundling. That's new information. The the foundling bit is new information. Right. We grew up thinking I, that he just stole the armor and he was a badass because he killed a Mandalorian. Yeah. It turns out, no, he fought in the Mandalorian Civil Wars and yeah. he was a foundling, which is... I, I'm not mad cool, about I that. Guess. I'm not mad about that, honestly. I'm that's, not mad about that either. That's kind of just getting deeper Django into Django. And yeah, like Django was already a badass. He could... He killed Jedis like in front of our eyes. So like there's no disputing that. Um and yeah, I like that lore that he's a foundling. Also, there's like a connection there between Jin, uh, Din, the, the our current Mandalorian, our titular hero, and now Boba and Boba's father. You know, there's the, another thing just thematically about this episode. If I'm, I'm kind of jumping around because that's how my brain works, but the thematics of this episode were like super, you know, just core Star Wars with the whole uh, Boba Fett trying to receive, retrieve his father's armor, like carrying on the legacy of his father. This was like his father's weapon, like the Excalibur getting passed down to his son, you know? So we obviously know the importance to Boba Fett about this armor. That's, you know, we got that shot from episode two ingrained in our heads of, um, of Django losing his head. So I thought that was all cool. Just the whole tie into the, the father aspect the you know, the end, the importance of fathers, you know, I know you caught that. Yeah. It's sort of Mando. Mando's role is, fatherhood like he, he was very paternal this entire episode yeah well um, his whole be- his whole story is mando is being a father to to baby yoda and yeah but like i i, I meant like he's acting more paternal I, like ever since he learned uh grogu's name he's been acting a little more paternal and right i think that that connection like now that you actually have a name for the thing it's like yeah you know, yeah um, it's, it's more than just kid a kid yeah yeah it's grogu um it's uh it's it's him sort of yeah accepting the parental role more so like i think he was obviously reluctant and that's again the hero's journey being reluctant of what the responsibility is being put in front of you um and then eventually accepting that and then coming to grips with that and then you growing as a character because of that Mm -hmm. um that's what mando's been doing and like boba sort of exemplifying like the loyalty that a Mandalorian son, whether well, he's a clone, but still like his son, he was raised as his son, um, would have to his father and his father's armor. It just goes to show you like everything that Mando's working for is pretty worth it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good parallels there with the the like the Skywalker lightsaber. I think like the Mando or the um, not the Mando suit, the Boba Fett suit itself has become this kind of iconic sort of item in the in the galaxy itself 
where just because it looked cool not because of anything Ooh. special yeah. like we've been over this i think yeah yeah like, we've, we've been over this plenty of times but this is like yeah for those who don't know like not not that those who don't know it's pretty much an, a state of thing that boba fett's not really a character in, in the original star wars you know he's just a guy in a no. dope suit <laughs> yeah he's just he's he is a means of plot progression and and uh, they realized that they could sell toys of him because like, yeah, even back then they cared a- about marketing a yeah. lot. Star Wars made a fuck ton of, of a merchandise like oh, that. Oh yeah. So, you know, you know how the Boba Fett suit was supposed to be white, right? Like white, like stormtroopers. Yeah. I'm so glad they painted it, but like that was, oh yeah. Like why should we sell just white toys? Like, you know, we should sell a color toy. That was, I'm yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure rooted in that decision, but yeah. Realizing now, now seeing a characterized Boba Fett for the first time, like it didn't feel like that. Like I'm, I don't know. What did that feel like to you? Seeing seeing him. Like, mm. now it's syncing up and we're watching it right now. But just him. Um... It felt Ooh. weird. Oh, It felt weird because, like, he's never had a character before. All he was was, Dad, shoot him. Get him, Dad. Um, Dad, look cute. Um, and all that shit. And and he's not like Django, which makes sense. Other than the line. Like, I, I'm glad they embraced the fucking meme. Like, oh my god, please, more of that. You know, <laughs> I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Oh, yeah. Really, he didn't say universe, he said galaxy. But the galaxy, Close yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. Um, the fact that, like, he's sort of, like, a character now, and, like, when he got his armor back, it was, like, this triumphant, oh, he's back moment. I was, like, he was never really, like, technically there. so um like good for him like so in a sense the entire episode is fan service because he should be dead if we're being honest he fell into a sarlacc pit why is he alive we don't know because he was cool looking (laughs) yeah and and the same reason that he was in the in, in the dialogue this whole time in the discourse is the same reason he's back is because he's cool looking but i don't hate the fact he's here no because it it was weird at first um and then you get his action scene and then when he was driving slave one and he had the helmet on and he was talking i was like okay it was i could get used to this yeah 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 i it was the first time i saw him or saw him in the suit itself like the just the pose he did you know i'm just like fuck good shot first of all i thought it looked pretty i thought it looked pretty silly because he had his like long black gown yeah no i thought that worked bro i thought the black gown just added to him like this isn't boba fett the bounty hunter from episode five and six. This is Boba Fett, the guy that survived the Sarlacc pit that has been living as a Tuscan Raider or a sand person, whatever it is. Um, is, is a Tuscan Raider a sand person? Or is it... Yes. Okay. The answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, yeah. You know, like this is a Boba Fett, like just the way he's fighting in this, like we never seen any indication of Boba Fett or any indication of this hand to hand style of combat in star Wars ever ever like this is that's what got me most geeked about this was this this just bad assery of fighting that we were seeing it got every hair on my arms just i was surprised that um oh man what's his name who's the guy that plays boba fett tomorrow morrison i believe i might be i might be butchering the pronunciation but i believe it's tomorrow uh Oh, come on. What do you mean? Oh, it's showing five people. No, no, no. (laughs) Hold on. We're a live show, ladies and gentlemen, with a live studio audience. 
Just type in oh, uh, who plays Boba Fett. Just type in Boba. Fett. I did, and they came up with five actors, and none of the one, not the one I'm looking for is showing up. Then who right, plays Clone Jango Wars. Fett. I'll just see. Okay, I'll just fill in the void of nothing right now. The more I think about it, uh, like you were talking about characterizations, and yeah, you know, okay. in the in the original trilogy, yeah, he really doesn't have much. But George Lucas, I guess, his plan, whether it was part of his plan or not, he did expand on it a lot in the prequels and in Clone Wars the animated series he did he did he did but that, i think that's because the fans demanded it less so because of george's original plan. even even if it's... so even if so he did it in a way that that wasn't like a fan service kind of way i believe like if the the points that we got that okay boba fett is a clone of jango fett and we got this guy jango fett through that and you know the whole like and even in this episode the tying it back to um the fact that Django was a foundling this whole time he was a mandalorian you know uh i think it's 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 not executed in a way kind of like how i'm thinking lando calrissian was brought back in uh episode 9 i know you you haven't seen it so you don't know the rea- like the execution of how that's done but you know like that was kind of like literally like disney plucking their hand into the frame of the scene and dropping land right into the frame just like oh remember this guy boba fett it 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 came coming back it's it seems like it's it's more appropriate you know this being the mandalorian yeah okay yeah for sure um yeah and it is it is you're right it is um tamara morrison uh i was surprised he was actually able to do action that well like he's he's not young i mean yeah i mean good yeah i don't know if that was entirely him or not it looked like it was i guess for the most part but um yeah, like, a lot of it was and he's like 60 and he's i know he's not damn like yeah so he's he's up there in terms of age i know I, they probably use a stunt double for the guy in the suit um because they really yeah but up that. i guess just from the shooting i wasn't even thinking about stunts like yeah like the way it was it was i guess pretty, like shot and edited the way it made it feel like a very unique fighting style uh I wasn't I was so invested in the character of like Boba Fett fighting like now that you bring it up and I want to look at it kind of closer frame to frame to see how much of it was Tamora Morrison because that it was really physical it was really uh yeah and shot in a way I guess where it was it didn't it didn't show the seams of oh this could be a stunt guy this could be Tamora Morrison fighting it was yeah. uh yeah, so I'm I'm going back right now. I just want to see how much if that's even if that's visible. But regardless, um, it, like I've I've never had like an emotional connection to Boba Fett really. Um, like I don't think he serves to be a guy that you you know you want to be emotionally invested in too much. I know, I know, but like you know what I mean. How some people or would just head canonize him to the point of him being right. like one of the strongest characters in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're very happy. But I was like, okay, that's cool. I guess um, I, I, I like more of the like the the stuff that I found cool is obviously just the tie into the Clone Wars stuff and him talking about Django because yeah, Django still exists. Like, yeah, come on, let's, I uh, I I like the fact that. You know, this opens opens to more of like if we're if we're thinking down to where does this lead leads to more interactions between or team ups kind of between Mando and Boba Fett. 
like he he's made an ally i guess in him and i saw a funny meme that was like the mandalorian is a show about the mandalorian traveling the galaxy and making best friends in every episode like which is kind of dead on if you think about it it is kind of true like he kind of had no friends at first and now he's got quite a bit of friends yeah some like, friends some loyal friends. It's funny that ev- some loyal friends some, and some baby Yodas. It's a lot of except besides Bo Katan, every single friend that he's made has tried to kill him. I think like Ahsoka tried to kill him. Oh Ahsoka yeah, Ahsoka tried to kill him. Oh yeah, he said um, besides Bo Katan, every yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bo Katan didn't try to kill him. That makes sense. No, no. So yeah, that's that's pretty much true. I'm trying to think about that, but I shouldn't think too hard. I trust you on that. And and even the even the friends that tried to kill him he's like i still want to be friends with them i i still want to hang out with these guys guys like mayfield you know guys like ig11 and and um and um yeah <laughs> the guy yeah. yeah i forgot the guy's name but yeah he's he's well, a friendly dude well um i know we haven't we've been talking about the plot points too much but like yeah baby yoda gets scooped um see ya and uh right so the stakes are up there now set for the finale for the finale the we, we had to have it um, at some point like i was i kind of expecting this to happen but it's still it still sucked to watch i'll be honest seeing the kid getting snatched i was like damn the middle of the meditation too like fuck man it's annoying oh yeah by the way that's the first time we've seen like a live action bullshit force shit like you know yeah like, the, the, yeah. like non-invisible force shit right some some cgi crap like yeah good good bring that up that's some made for tv bullshit right there that's exactly yeah, it. I don't know if I don't know if that was entirely necessary. What are they trying to show through that? That the force exists in rocks that can create big blue beams? Like haven't we seen enough big blue beams in pop culture in general? Like that's yeah, a meme like at this have, point. Just have the force just, just be the force, you know? We don't need to see it all the time. It's just as, have Mando yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a it just binds us. It oh just well, binds us. I guess because they, they have to show him getting knocked back by something and it might just look stupid of him just you know acting against hitting air and not hitting and just falling back like i don't know i, st- I still think I mean? that could have been done well i still could have been done better be yeah i'm like i don't want to be the guy in charge in charge of that choice but yeah um i also think the dark troopers look pretty stupid yeah so that's also a, a legends thing that they're bringing back i'm, I'm not oh too, is it if that's the dark that's trooper droids the droids yeah that's been like uh that's been in comics before that's um but yeah i'm not too much of a fan of that idea because like isn't the empire like anti-droid just in the in the yeah. arsenal overall well like, i guess desperate times call for desperate measures right and they're they're setting them up they're setting it up to be that the uh these these droids are like somehow badass it it doesn't really work. Like, no, why not work. just have yeah. death troopers? That's, that's exactly jetpack. it. You've already established death troopers. Like, how much more badass? They're like, we're gonna call it dark troopers. It's more yeah, badass. I'm, and then I'm we're just sitting the, there, like, really? It's like, okay, they're not buying it, guys. What do we do? Like, they're not gonna buy these toys. Fuck. That's that's what it is. Once again, or even like you've already established a clone. Like, I don't know if you you know shadow troopers, right? From like. Battlefront 2 like they have jetpacks yeah come on they, they brought those back I believe for uh this show shadow troopers yeah am I thinking the wrong thing of shadow troopers I I think you with are with the jet with the jetpacks yeah they're black though they have black armor with jetpacks they look exactly like dark troopers except they're actually people 
No. I'm trying to see if I saw like I saw if I'm if I saw it in this in this show before, but uh, I, it would be hard to tell, I guess, because they're just black stormtroopers. But maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, it's been this done just before, but yeah, it, maybe. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's who knows at this point. There's a lot of stormtroopers, Cheney, so I won't hold that down against you. We've seen a lot yeah. of stormtroopers at this point, but um, I just thought they looked pretty dumb and like they it was not the greatest CGI. It was yeah, it like it didn't sell the fact any more than just using like. I guess because, like, you know, they needed a target that wouldn't die in a second and, and shoot back at them with some credible threat. But it didn't feel like they were raising the stakes any higher in the series of, like, oh, now now they have um, a new photo face. Like, we already got the scene in season one, the heist, where Mando single-handedly takes down a corridor full of New Republic droids, security droids. And like we we've we've seen how powerful we've seen him take over an entire imperial like cruiser before. Yeah, so we know that shit ain't shit. Like you know, like what are six droids against Mando when he doesn't have to climb two Mandalorians? And not to mention the fucking squad he's getting together. Right, right. Leading to the ending of this of this episode. Oh my god, I was this was the where I freaked out the most. Yeah, this is where I freaked out the most because holy shit. Like, this is where they're bringing in Bill Burr? I thought he was just going to be, like, another, like, one-off episode thing. Nah. Nah, they're bringing nope. him in to be part of the fucking A-team. Yeah. No, you called that from a minute ago, too. That uh, that Burr would have to come back. And it came back in in an appropriate way. And, like, we need to bust him out. You know? Like, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Dude, jailbreak number two. Jailbreak number two. I, I could, yeah, I, let's get it. I can think of no better episode of, like, yeah. preseason finale. Yeah. Like, it's... it's that's, I, I, and we're on a roll I, right now of preseason finales being very good, very strong episodes with like, yeah. you know, in other shows. So uh, that's not scientific fact for anything other than I'm amped for the next episode. Same. So um, it's going to be fun to see Bill Burr again. Like I, I actually might go back and rewatch the episode that he was in just so I get a sense of like, because it's hard for me. It's hard for me to like see him and not be like, oh, that's Bill Burr. Like yeah. I need to. I need I need to get immersed again. It's so close to being a a canon breaking moment of seeing Bill Burr uh, in a Star Wars thing. Like it's so close, but it's not. You know, like it, it never ruins the fact. It never ruins like the show for me. It never it's like, oh, this is a bit too Hollywood or this is a bit too like on the nose casting. It's just like I love to see that. You know, I, like don't overdo it, Disney. That that's not permission to overdo shit like that. But when it's done, and when it's done appropriately, when you got a guy like Bill Ger- Bill uh, Bill Burr playing, um, what's his character name again? Oh, I don't know. Hold on. Uh, Bill Burr, IMDb. Oh, you're gonna go through the whole IMDb list. <laughs> oh, he's, he doesn't have a huge IMDb list. His name is Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah, he fits. He fits the role of Mayfield. Just that. That. Uh that kind of um i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say anymore yeah i'm excited for the, the heist episode number two should yeah, be good he comes in at three minutes and 16 seconds and season one of that chapter six uh for people who want his like introductory scene i i, 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 went, I found it real quick because i, I actually didn't yeah i didn't realize like he's in a lot of um popular like you know stuff like he was in breaking bad uh yeah he was in um, 
F is for family, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, but overall, uh, going to the ending, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda sort of tossing those stormtroopers around. Oh yeah, let's pretty... talk about that. I guess I I thought we were done, but after the um thing, but. We I do like him. that they're putting some limits on him yeah. again, like in terms of like his force usage. Yeah, it drains like, him fast, I guess, when he uses yeah. the force more. But like, yeah. I don't know that it's hard to it's hard to make like a, a scale that's like size like that's like you know you can see that because he he like he handled the fireball in that first season, like he controlled the fireball and just was and he healed people. You know, he's kind of okay after that. Yeah. So I don't know. So it's, like they the, need to tone it down a bit. Yeah, the force is always kind of just a hard thing to gauge. So, well, not, it never used to be. It, it actually like in, in a lot this of people instance, think it was yeah, just it like to be. magic. Just the more it's not. The more they're showing it, had, it, the more complicated it gets. But for me, in this instance, it seemed like a plot, you know, narrative armor, plot armor kind of thing. Where oh yeah, he's conveniently tired as soon as all the stormtroopers are knocked out, and it's just the the Moff Gideon and him in a room. And I'm thinking, like, why wouldn't you just go to Moff Gideon first? But now, you know, that's just, he's a kid. I won't hold him against it. But uh, it's, like, interesting seeing him using the dark side like that, you know? I'm thinking, like, I've, I've we've been saying it, man. He, he's not a he's not that great of a kid. He's a bit of a sketchy dude. He's a bit of a sketchy dude. He's got a bit of that dark side in him. I think we'll see it more. That's my speculation. I think I think the idea that we have to assume that Baby Yoda gets trained and settles down his life as a Jedi is a early assumption that we shouldn't make. Okay, sorry. Uh, where'd you leave off? Uh, I don't know. I finished my point. I, I ended off on a great, strong note there. So I got to ask you again then. Um, damn it. What was my question at the end of that? Curiously long statement. I think I was saying... Yeah, fuck, dude. My... Memory's not that good. Train of thought's not that good. I think I would say something like, um, oh yeah, that um, it's we shouldn't assume that he's going to be a Jedi or settle down as a Jedi, like, you know, at all. Like, he's, he's morally not a Jedi. If we're supposed to think already that this guy has some kind of a character beyond being cute, you know, if he has, like, a moral side, he's he's chokes people... Uh, that aren't bad guys too. He he has a bit of a dark side in that way. So I think it's interesting to play with the idea even further that like maybe he does end up using more of the dark side. Maybe he doesn't end up in the hands of a Jedi, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Because I, I think I said to you like that plot point being set up of him calling out through the forest, that has to be paid off this season. I'm sorry. You think so? Yeah, I hope this so. This season. I hope so. It can't. Like why? Like otherwise everything beforehand was completely pointless yeah because his, his his whole his it's a, whole it's a point season three. Season, his whole thing about this season was to get him to a jedi so he can get trained well he got him to a jedi isk not really a real jedi but then she directed him to that and if that leads nowhere then what's the point of this season it has to pay off narratively speaking yeah yeah i agree it um so are you are you saying we're gonna see another Jedi in this season? Are you, are you putting your your bet down on that? Uh, I don't know about. It's tough to say because it's Titan. So it, yeah, I that's mean, more... you're right to say they em- em- emphasized it enough in this episode that, especially like you can't emphasize it more 
than using a big blue beam shooting into the sky. Where did that big blue beam go? You know, so that's not to a, mention every plot point in every episode was a means to get to that point. To, yeah, it, for sure. Like this is this almost in a way felt like would lead to the last episode, and we still got I think two more episodes. So yeah, I again I don't think it could be. It, it, I don't think it's necessarily a Jedi. You know, it's tough to say because Tython again is like it's it's it, it, it's. Like in the Star Wars universe, there are certain things that are or maybe it is a Jedi. The... Maybe it is some 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 no name Jedi comes to get comes to rescue the kid and just gets butchered by the dark saber. Yeah, how would you feel about a no namer versus an established Jedi? Ooh, good question. It would depend like on the how potential it's done. of a new character versus yeah, like yeah. something that's already been. I like. There's a lot of people who are hoping for like certain jedis to become luke skywalker's in the mix ezra from rebels is like another character i've thought of like that would be cool to see now that they brought ahsoka back and stuff could see that too actually it's more likely it's like ezra or something but i don't know like it's another thing like because they'll add this jedi into the already small list of jedis that have survived order 66 that is like another story thread that's just yeah, out there. Dude, they keep piling those on it. Yeah, yeah. It's become it's become a thing at this point where it's just, you know, writing all these Jedi's that have survived. It it takes the impact almost like I don't know, like how far do they want to go with that, you know? Like that it, the like I I would maybe be more surprised if like a Jedi like Cal Kestis from the um Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order video game, you know, made a, an appearance somebody who's established but way lesser known and it's like a brand new character in live action but not necessarily Dude, a new could, character in they could Star Wars. totally do cal oh i don't, I don't yeah. know how they, they'd have to age him up a lot though they could use the actor that plays him though he's like 30 something in real life like they i think they like purposely made him look younger in um in the video game True. True. and and yeah like if that um just a give great a actor, or Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Give him. A, yeah, there you go. I think that's a Jedi problem solver right there. Give them a beard. A beard and a mullet. Oh, always. You'll <laughs> <laughs> lose the Padawan tail. You'll gain a mullet. Like there you go. He starts looking like Qui Gon Jinn. Oh, buddy. There it is. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't know. That would be. I do think they cool. need some Force user. I don't really care at this point. It's got to be yeah. something. Something established. Yeah, but now yeah. that I'm, I'm, I'm putting money on Cal Kest. Not okay. I don't know if I should put money on it, but I'm putting my my dream team together if i'm putting my dream team together it, it would be mando mayfield the uh the marshal the 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 new republic marshal as we find out in this episode she so she does join the new republic um and um the the mandos all the mandos together and cal kestis as the jedi who is now a full badass jedi Who, who's your okay. dream team who's your dream team Jamie? That, but I'm gonna like talk about the Jedi. Who would my number one be? Probably Cal, in terms of known people. Number two, this one's a fucking stretch, but you know Disney's got money. Um, Mace. Oh. And then number three, Ezra. That's a stretch and a half. That would it be could, such it, a stretch. We never saw his body. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Like even George Lucas said it. Like unless you see the character die on screen, that's an arguable death. 
Like, right? Like, let's just say that's a really arguable death. Is it it's really arguable? arguable? It's not really arguable. It's an arguable death, I guess, because. But uh, again, that would be like a mace. I mean, that would be a Boba Fett thing where the only reason he's back and is alive is because fans just want that to be a thing. Yeah, but come on, it's me. <laughs> but how do they make that make sense? Like, oh, well, now you're the making me feel sympathy of, for the Boba people. I know, I know. You're like, this is. Cheney, it's just credit to you because you put put a good thought in my mind. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I'm not meaning to hounder you with questions about it because you know you're just speculating. But it's a it's a good idea that maybe it's not a great idea, but it's an interesting idea that like Mace Windu could come back as as a not a Jedi, right, but a fucking pissed off dude with a lightsaber and, oh, and yeah. strong as fuck with the Force. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. What what's Mandalorian's like like age rating oh pg show i think after this boba fett episode it must be higher than the sequels pg like it must be how how many f-bombs are they allowed in pg-13 like one or two that's all i need motherfucker yeah there you go like i'm pretty sure that should be part of his contract from now on like yeah okay okay that could be so now i think this show is for sure over pg-13 we didn't we didn't mention this but like now I have two demands, especially if, if Mace is the one that answers the call. Yeah. One. Mace has to say motherfucker. Has to? Yeah. Has to. Two, I need seismic charges coming out of slave one. Yeah. That has and to happen. happen. It has to happen. And I think it's gonna happen next episode. Please. I think Please. we're for sure I think if there's any any setup that's happening, you know, it's the fact that we saw slave one here. Here's your um Here's your your gun metaphor, you know, analogy thrown back at at, at the. Oh point. yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah, exactly. We saw the setup of just the slave one in this episode. Do you know what I did? We have to hear seismic charges later on. Do you know what I did Friday night after I watched the episode? What I watched like you a twenty minute it? compilation of Star Wars Battlefront Slave One seismic charges. A compilation. Yeah, because like I I there, how many like, different variations are there? No, like, oh, from like the video you, game. You're saying from the video game. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay, like, okay, you know, okay. like, you obviously know, like, you can get hero ships and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Slave 1, you can use seismic charges. Yeah. And it's just a compilation of that in the game. I see. I see what you're saying. And I was just like, oh, the sound is so good because they use the sound. And it's just Oh, perfect. I know. It's, and, like, that's one like, of the highlights you... of that game is, like, the fact it uses the real assets of the movies and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's, ooh, that's a compilation of look right there. That's uh just the most glorious sound effect, up there with like the lightsaber itself. But the yeah. seismic charge is uh, that's a sound you could fall asleep to, a couple times. Oh, if you're seismic for charge that, ASMR. You're looking for that <laughs> ASMR what to fall asleep to. Uh, bust open that uh seismic charge playlist or compilation. We'll we'll throw that down on our IG, on our IG post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So in terms of next episode, I think things are gearing up. I think it's going to be a pretty good episode. Like it's it's sort of going back to that. Um, Mando's been jumping back and forth, or the Mandalorian, as in the show, is being jumping back and forth between like Jedi plot focused stuff and like the gritty underside underworld of Star Wars. So I'm glad that we're going deep into the gritty underworld in a prison break episode so yeah yeah it opens up i I always like prison break stuff and i like prison break stuff even more when it's uh when it's done in sci-fi and i like it even more than that when it's star wars so we we've already done prison break once i'm sure we'll see something different 
this time around, you know, um, yeah, interesting to see where, where they'll, what they'll do. I'm, I'm thinking from now, like till the end of this season, there's more of a, there's going to be more of a, um, point made on like, what is Gideon doing? What, what is, you know, like, I, I think they'll kind of divert the, divert the, um, attention of the story now to, to the plan. Like, what is this about? Like, now now the fact that he has the kid i hope to see i guess i don't know for sure but i hope to see that we're we're being shown the story from his point of view within the empire's hold um that would be cool to see so like not that in the next episode we just get a heist again that that might be sort of fillery because you know like as much as it's important to see our boy mayfield back in the mix it's like it's like part of the story's importance at this point is to see what the fuck is going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And it would be a shame to be like the only thing we got is a couple vats of like dead bodies, you know, just to make you think like, oh, is this Snoke like for for the next year until the next season? Like they could do that, but I hope we get a little more, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And, and it kind of sucks because like I'm not fully invested in Gideon, but it's it's kind of a fourth wall breaking thing to where just because of the actor used i can't not see just oh the yeah see just the vot ceo oh yeah lightsaber. oh i was even thinking um like just the villain from breaking bad he's the quintessential tv show villain uh and yeah it's a bit of a typecast thing if there was one yeah like if there was one cast breaking like cast breaking the universe type of moment it's his casting as that role because it's it's so typecast at this point like I'm not not to knock him down. Like I, I I like him playing that role. I think it's appropriate, but it's like he plays every fucking villain, dude. Uh, so yeah, what is? But like we don't know shit about him other than, like yeah, like I, is it more to ask or is it like is it inappropriate to ask out of this show that I want to see more about, you know, the politics of the empire? Because, for me, in this era of Star Wars, that's the most important thing. Or yeah, like not it is most, the most important. important thing. I mean, it's important, no, it but is the most important. yeah, yeah. But like, it's even. I was, I was meant to say, in more of an interest, like my interest. But yeah, it is important to understand, I guess, too, to the like to the story and to the uh, to the canon, because that's yeah. they glossed over that. So, how yeah. did the New Republic fuck up so bad to let the First Order even rise? Right. And yeah. That's where this era is. Yeah. So. Right. So it's like, are we? Are they setting up the answers for that in this show? Or a are they leading us on right? Yeah, I hope we just get so some gonna, more, some more by the end of the season. No, I was but, gonna uh, say something really mean, but I'm gonna hold my tongue. <laughs> All right, you wanna you wanna move on to our our next discussion for the uh, for the episode? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But before then, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Mythic Morons, and uh, please give us a rating on whatever you're listening to on your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Really does help a lot. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if the more subscribers we get, then I can, I can not leave my McFlurries outside and get yelled at by my mother. Uh, that will happen less on the show. Guarantee it. Okay. I'll take that out if you need, but, uh, we'll talk after. <laughs> okay. Till yeah. then, I gotta, I'm gonna go get a glass of water, though.